Hey guys, if you want updates on our latest episodes, then be sure to subscribe to the Film Colossus podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, if you'd like to support the show and hear episodes ad-free, then subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash filmcolossus. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My name is Travis Bean. My name is Chris Lambert. Welcome to Film Colossus, your guide to movies. Ah, yes, to movies and everything underneath them. <laughs> Just like a bunch of chairs. I don't know, I'm thinking in the theater, the screen's up high. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking, let's rip up the floorboards and figure out, like, what's going on beneath this movie? Oh, oh, like inside of it, beneath it, around it. Imagine, like, an eyeball, and this eyeball is the cinematic universe. I... We're going to jump into the pupil of that eyeball. I had no idea what you were doing until just right that moment, and now I get it. Now I get it, yes. Chris thought we were talking about Fight Club today, but no, we're talking about the movie Under the Skin. Yeah, just sink into the floor. We're going to sink into the floor of this movie. Yeah, and just exist in black nothingness. Ah, beautiful. Almost like a a swimming pool. Not quite. Like (laughs) a, a float tank. I mean, I wish we were covering the movie Swimming Pool, which, uh... Uh, La Pessine, Gene uh, uh, Wenar movie. I think Gene Wenar directed it. It was a remake. You've ever seen it, Chris? Nope. No, no idea. Nobody's seen it. Nobody's seen it. Um, but what was the other movie I was thinking of? Like The Swimmer? Is that a movie? <laughs> Might be. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. It was like, um, it was one of those, uh, like, in the cruel intentions age oh. where, like, teenagers were in, like, erotic thrillers, kind of. You remember that movie? Yeah, late nineties, early two thousand, like or mid nineties to late nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was in that region. I don't know why I'm talking about that. Where this movie's not really like that at all. No, though there is some erotic thrills going on. Yeah, and there is water. Yeah, and there's erotic tragedies. Interesting. Um. Yeah, and there are. What else? What other similarities? <laughs> There's none. That's it. Under the skin, it's it's its own thing. It's not anything like that. We're not comparing and contrasting those movies together. Okay. Well then. So stop trying to make me do it. Okay, I'll stop. I'm sorry I forced your hand there. You no. brought up the swimmer, and I'm just sitting here trying to talk about this fantastic, uh, dark, ominous, artsy movie under the skin. I can tell that the second rewatch did not go. <laughs> well, I've seen it. Uh, well, Chris, you might be surprised to hear some of my thoughts about this movie. Oh, I am looking forward to it. Okay. Well, background, background, background. Yeah, let's back up a little bit. Before watching Under the Skin, had you watched Jonathan Glazer's other 
films by chance. I does he have a lot of other movies? No, there's just four. Okay, yeah, and they aren't very well known, right? No, one's Sexy Beast in 2000, the other's Birth in 2004. So it was nine years between Birth and Under the Skin. Okay. And then The Zone of Interest, oh, that came out this year. So no, have not seen that. Yeah. Does it? Is it even out right now? Release date, May 19th at Cannes. Hmm. Uh, no, have not seen nor heard of those other movies. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I had it. I had it. Oh, you know what? I definitely know Sexy Beast. Like, I recognize it, but have not seen it. Okay. I'm looking at the poster, and I'm like, I've seen that poster. So, neither of us knew anything about Jonathan Glazer going into this. <laughs> but we both saw this at the same time at Toronto 2013. Sure did. What did... uh? I forget how... I feel like this would have been one of the bigger ones that was hard to get into. I remember... this was my weird first impression of a major film festival is I remember a lot of the movies not having a ton of people in them, (laughs) which seems kind of crazy. That's how I remember under the skin. Like not that it was a, you know, empty audience or anything, but like there weren't a ton of people there to see Scarlett Johansson's new movie. Um, So I I guess I remember that aspect of it and it not being particularly difficult to get into. Um, But then also being this also, I I think of under the skin as well as like a festival movie. Like it was my, one of my first tastes of a festival movie. I don't know if it was the first one we saw, probably not. Um, But I just remember being like, Oh, it's like festival movies are artsy and quiet. And like, you got to figure out what's going on. Oh, okay. (laughs) It did set a tone. Because this was, I think, one of the earlier ones that we watched. Didn't we see, we watched like this and we watched Norte End of History like very close together? Probably, yeah. I mean, when you're at a festival, you watch like three or four movies a day. Yeah. There was also that rock music one that we watched. Rock music. It was like a, a guy in the woods or people in the woods for like a long time and then it was just a band at a rock club oh yeah yeah, yeah. um a spell to ward off the darkness a spell to ward off the darkness like a movie i enjoy we saw like three very yeah. <laughs> like slow artsy that makes under the skin movies. seem like a normal movie it really does <laughs> like that one <laughs> didn't we watch that in like a bar too on like the screen in a bar god i don't remember but that sounds right yeah and then this was also when I just like way too friendly put my hand on Eli Roth's shoulder. It was just mm-hmm. like, "Good job on the talk we just heard, man." Ah, yeah. That well, I mean, not everyone will do that, but some people will, and they have and they get a story from that. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just like elbow me. <laughs> <laughs> He's Eli Roth. He could elbow you like all the way down the escalator. Yeah, he just could have ripped my arm off. Like, you touched me it belongs to me now <laughs> i still think back on that i was like how dumb like how dumb eh, he didn't seem to mind no he did it he was very cool about it good guy eli um but under the skin yeah there was a lot of talk around the movie i remember because scarlett johansson it had premiered at telluride already mm-hmm. um and also at a couple international festivals so people were already talking about, you know, 
uh, Scarlett Johansson has a nude scene in this movie. Oh my goodness. But it's also creepy and interesting. So I wasn't sure how it was going to be. Like, was it going to be just spectacle? Like the Scarlett Johansson thing was going to overshadow the rest of the film? Uh, or, you know, was this going to be a fun movie? Like <laughs> I hadn't, I hadn't watched a trailer. I had no idea. Yeah, I knew nothing about it. Yeah. And then when we watched it, I think from start to finish, I pretty much not the first couple minutes, but like mm-hmm. very soon into it. Cause that opening scene is pretty cool. Yeah. But very soon into it, I was very unhappy. Um, and just remember when the movie ended, I was <laughs> disappointed. I, uh, yeah. So this is my third time watching a movie and I was with you on the first watch. I, I, I don't think my first and second watches were too dissimilar. I, in general, have a tough time with a movie when I feel that it's, like, all message. Like, if it's it's just observations, you know, and there isn't a character for me to latch on to and see myself in and, and gain understanding perspective. That's what I felt what a lot of the movie was is like Scarlett Johansson's character was just a vessel for ideas and to make pretty broad and sometimes rather cruel observations about humanity. So both times watching it, like that kind of colored my experience as I, as it was going and I had a hard time ever getting into it. Yeah. Uh, I, I get that. I think for me, I just thought it was kind of, boring it, mm-hmm. and that what it was saying just humans can be good humans can be bad yeah was so basic that just pointing that out was boring yeah that's how yeah. i felt too yeah uh but the second time i watched it was when you were writing about it yeah i the, so so the second time i watched it it was to write about it for the site so i was writing about a movie actively that i did not like yeah, we've we've done that a bunch. <laughs> it happens more times than I write about a movie I do like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that second watch, it really like hit for me a lot more. And then I think this watch continued mm-hmm. that upward trajectory. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, Chris, I, I, I think I said at the end of the last podcast, I was like, there's like no way I'm going to like this movie. I really did like it this time i in some ways it's still like not my kind of movie um although i'm i'm kind of on the edge i think what loses me mostly is the ending and maybe as we're sitting here talking about it today i can i can find that connection a little bit like i can find what's missing for me there in the end but overall i was really i really wasn't bored by it at all like i have in the past because i I think I understood the woman character a lot better. I'm not just calling her a woman character. She's known as the woman. Yeah. <laughs> what if I talked like that? Oh, that woman <laughs> character. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just like, I think this time around, I got out of my own way a little bit more and was less focused on the artsiness of it and thinking 
that it was that kind of movie. I might have been projecting before and thought like, oh, it's just like a movie that's making observations about humanity and doesn't have a real character. This time I really saw her as a character and kind of understood her and what she's going through and was able to find myself a little bit in there. Uh, she's really just somebody who, I mean, you can basically look at it as a coming of age story yeah. of this person, this woman who is essentially a baby and is learning what humanity is, all the ugly and beautiful things about humanity. And um, while that can be super broad, like I think, I mean, you could say like any movie is kind of doing that, like any coming of age story is doing that. I do think this movie does enough unique and interesting things and very artsy things that aren't just like, now I don't see them as artsy for the sake of being artsy. Like I see the meaning now, I see how they build the character and I was definitely able to connect with it in that way. Nice. Yeah, that was something, especially on this rewatch, knowing that we were going to be talking about it for the podcast. I felt like there were things in there that I was like, this should be something that Travis is like enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> I I could see the ingredients, which is why I think Midsummer is also something that you'll find. Mm. Um, I don't know how much you'll wrestle with it if you'll just be into it or if there's going to be something kind of like with under the skin where you're like seeing some things but also mm-hmm. turned off by some things and kind of coming around to it yeah i'm excited to watch it yeah um well so neither of us have read the book that the the movie's based on like in start to finish read the book uh yeah i guess all i know about it is the ending's different um but beyond that i it seems like the book and the movie are pretty similar. Yeah, I read when the article uh, contributed like just a few things, and one of them was getting into some of the ending, and that was what kind of jumped out to me was just how starkly different. And there's some characters that are in there and removed, um, or that the movie doesn't bring in at all that kind of humanize. Uh, the woman uh, a bit more Mm -hmm. um the end in the book is just kind of silly to me (laughs) uh in comparison to the movie the movie's such a it's brutal but it's such a how do i want to phrase it such a comeuppance or there's this maybe not irony but she's having done to her what she was doing to others. Mm-hmm. She was the predator and these people were the prey. And now we're seeing the reverse where she's the prey and this predator is coming after her and how kind of terrifying that is. And in the book, it's just like a car crash, which is very strange. Isn't um, she in a car with like a family? She's maybe hits a family oh is that what it is she's driving with somebody and gets in the crash and like that person's dead and she goes and looks at the family um i think she's still stuff yeah i think she still burns and there's still like the smoke going up into the air it's just completely different circumstances where you're kind of like that's it (laughs) which maybe somebody would be like if you read the book in its entirety you would feel that that's a very fitting conclusion which maybe but just in comparing <laughs> the, you know, 20 final pages that I read to the movie, uh, the movie had like a lot more power to it. 
Now, here's what I'll say. This is a bit of a preview because I think we need to work our way here. But okay. you say that at the end of the book, you were like, that's it. That's kind of how I feel about uh, yeah. the movie. Um, like, I, I agree with everything you were saying that she has a comeuppance and there is like a role reversal there. And I do think there's discussion to be had in there, like what that means and how it speaks more largely to the movie's themes and what it's saying. Um, but I am a little struck by like the actual very ending of it and have trouble grasping it. Uh, so why don't we work our way to that? And maybe you can convince me that the ending of this movie is awesome. And therefore this movie is totally great. Whereas <laughs> right now I think it's just like, I like it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think the thing that jumped out to me on this rewatch is essentially just kind of like being in the perspective of Michael Myers or Jaws or something <laughs> that you could imagine this movie told from a different perspective where it's the humans reacting to this monster that's come into their midst and started taking people. Right. And there's like a group of characters that are piecing the clues together and realizing it's this like It's like it follows. Woman. Yeah. There could be something very much in that vein where uh, the woman character is the thing people are reacting to rather than the thing that we're watching. Right. So I, I appreciated just that kind of switch in perspective. This isn't quite a horror movie, but it kind of is. Yeah, totally. It, I mean, if it had a different director, um, the same score maybe, <laughs> yeah. and just like a different approach I, I could totally see this being a horror movie yeah so i i like that concept of really spending time with the psyche and psychology psyche and psychology of the monster rather than mm. being with the people that are responding to the monster um and kind of getting their perspective on it but of course she's more she starts off very dehumanized and watching her journey of responding to people, noting the kindness, of being confused by some of the ways in which they behave, but starting to appreciate it over time, I think was really powerful and emotional to me because I talked about, you know, people are good, people are bad. Okay, surprising, not surprising, the kind of initial reaction. But I think as I've gotten older and it's been what, 10 years mm -hmm. since it came out, I could really appreciate some of the the nuance of the perspective and the nuance of that journey and what it kind of meant to see humanity through her eyes in that way of really dropped in this foreign environment. And I think, same with you, identifying with her a little bit more Mm -hmm. and identifying with her perspective and her emotional arc. And I thought the sections of the movie were kind of powerful in that way of initially her going about the tasks she was created for and the ways in which being on her own, isolated around these people, she starts to see the beauty. And then her trying to discover, like, develop her own humanity was also very beautiful but sad and uh 
Yeah. 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 It's just very emotional to me. I completely agree, Chris. I couldn't believe I was having an emotional reaction to this movie, but I I felt the same way during all those sequences. And it's a great build, too. It helps having seen the movie three times now. (laughs) Um, But... I went from the first viewing, like thinking it was boring, just like watching people walk and talk and not really doing anything. Um, not that that's inherently boring that can be done well, but I didn't see how the movie was handling it well. But this time I did and how at first she's literally just looking at men walking by because she just needs to abduct one of these men. And you see like 20, 30 men walking. That's all it is. And then... There's the scene that happens, which this was the big turn for me, uh, was that beach scene. Whereas before I found it very ugly and cruel. (laughs) I think I just have trouble whenever children (laughs) are kind of at the the butt end of cruelty in a movie. But uh, in this movie, actually, this time around, I kind of saw the point a lot more. Um, And so after that experience where this kid is crying on the beach and she doesn't have any reaction to him. Soon after that, there's a bunch of shots of women walking around and they're not doing anything. She's literally just looking at a bunch of women walking by and you can see like a progression there. It's gone from like her mission is just to look at these men. But now suddenly after experiencing this family being broken, she's looking at women and kind of wondering about them. And then the next sequence is it's like an array of people. It's people doing all kinds of things. They aren't just walking anymore. They're, they're talking. They're like touching a kid in a stroller. They're smoking. It's, it's, I, I agree with you. It was really beautiful to think about the progression it was going on, that was going on there and how just the simplest things when you just stop and observe them are really, really beautiful. They don't, they don't need to be tied to something bigger other than just like the diversity of humanity and how these little ticks and motions are constantly happening all over the world and how all of these people have different lives, um, different fears, uh, different aspirations and to be, she's just observing them. And there's a really beautiful moment where it all coalesces where it's just Scarlett Johansson's face in the middle of the screen. And like, there's an like really artsy assemblage of, people like a yellow mirage or a montage of them like all happening at once uh i I really saw it this time i I saw somebody just coming to terms with the world and what it is which i totally relate to it goes beyond even like a a coming of age thing i guess it's that that spoke to me as an adult (laughs) who's just like when you just realize like how great the world is and how awesome it is that there are all these different people doing all these different things and uh to visually capture that a movie is not easy but i think this movie did it really well yeah there's something to be said about that ability to remind us to look at the positive or to find the beauty to appreciate people i think you as adults it's easy to get thrown back and forth between feeling very inspired and empowered by people just being like, is it the world wonderful? And then you'll read news articles and be like, this world is (laughs) dreadful. Why are people so stupid? Uh, And it's easy to, I think it's easier to fall into the negative perspective and mindset and be doubtful and 
want to isolate to have some of the the negative feelings kind of be primary mm-hmm. and a movie like this as weird as it is can be a nice reminder to take a second pause look around and really like appreciate and admire some of the wonder and the beauty of humanity yeah yeah it's great I, especially when it's from the perspective of somebody who just has no concept of <laughs> all of the different things humans can be like she's literally a blank slate and just observing like the little touches you know the little things you would never notice or think about but as this like fresh being with fresh eyes who's just like looking around for the first time she's seen like how cool the world is it it, it reminded it literally reminded me of my baby <laughs> like <laughs> how it must be for her to like just like slowly put things together and realize like what humanity is just like on the most basic level and on the most basic level it's it's beautiful yeah there's something and even the beach scene i think the beach scene even when we saw the movie in 2013 and didn't like it i think the beach no. scene for me was it's i think some of the maybe like a top 10 scene all time for me uh, at the time it was yeah at the time and still to this day mm-hmm. in terms of just micro narratives which i don't know if we talked a lot about on the podcast but we've talked a lot about on the website mm-hmm. just the idea that you know narratives usually have your inciting action escalation conclusion uh, beginning, middle, and end is the more traditional way of saying that. But really, I think higher quality narrative writing involves stringing together micro narratives where it's not just a scene where something happens, but you tend to structure it as having a beginning, a middle, and an end. And when you're able to structure a lot of those, chain those together, it creates a really nice flow and mm-hmm. gives a movie a lot of power and dynamics but sometimes you're just trying to get information across sometimes you're cross-cutting between a number of things Uh, not every movie even the best of them always has a micro narrative string it's just like micro narrative followed by micro narrative followed by micro narrative but i think some of the scenes that really stand out in movies are the ones that manage to kind of build these little essentially short stories within the main story. And I think this is one of the best ones that I've ever seen. It so much happens in such (laughs) a brief amount of time from her just walking out of the beach, trying to collect this random man that she finds. And it seems almost needlessly cruel at the beginning Mm-hmm. That this woman swims out after a dog, the dog drowns, the woman drowns, the husband goes out after the woman, he drowns, and then the guy that goes to try and save them as well also drowns. <laughs> but no, well, he, he gets knocked out. Yeah, he washes up and then she murders him. <laughs> yeah. Uh and then the baby's just left there. It's such a brutal string of events that just feels so purely tragic and cruel potentially at first glance Mm -hmm. but i think the thing that jumps out to me is 
this weird silver lining of the beauty of people's willingness to sacrifice themselves to try to save someone else like this woman loves her dog so much that she's diving in no matter what to try to save the dog and the husband loves his wife so much that he's diving in no matter what to try to save his wife and this stranger who knows nobody just wants to help and he goes and tries to help and you have the contrast to that of <laughs> the woman having no morality and just bashing the guy in the head not helping the baby not helping them it sets up such a divide between where she's at on the humanity scale and where everybody else is that it's insightful to just like the overall theme of humanity, but also defines the character in such a stark and chilling way. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I totally agree with you on everything that scene is doing and just the, overall power of micro narratives i my biggest problem with a lot of movies micro narratives are and you essentially alluded to this as if they aren't in service of something greater um like yeah it, it's it's fantastic for a micro narrative to have a beginning middle of end to have like these pockets of small stories throughout a movie and but it doesn't to me i guess it doesn't mean anything if it doesn't add up to something larger and that was definitely my reaction the first couple of times is like, I can see what the scene's doing for the character. You know, she looks at this baby and sees nothing. She doesn't care about anything that's happened to all these people. Like it definitely colors her. But I had trouble connecting it to something bigger about humanity. Um, even everything you just said about the people's willingness to sacrifice themselves. I had trouble connecting it to what the movie was saying overall. Um, but this time around, I definitely saw it and didn't have as visceral of a reaction to that crying baby <laughs> as I did the first time. I'm still in a place for like, I don't know if I could ever watch this movie again because of that one moment. Uh, like that kid just, especially when the motorcycle man goes back to the beach and just leaves the kid there. Like, and then hearing the news report of the kid not being found, like all that together, I'm sitting here right now thinking like, ugh, no, but still beyond all that <laughs> beyond the the visceral reaction uh i think what helped me really click of the scene is right after the scene she goes back to her car and she sees a crying kid in the car next to her um and and i was slowly putting it together about this movie this time that she is literally a baby like just gaining a simple understanding of humanity and how that is contributing to her character and speaking about something larger about how difficult it is and how long it takes to finally see the world that way. Um, like it, it makes humanity like humanity has a baby stage and you don't really realize like the beauty of the world until like much later in your life until you're wiser and more mature and have interacted with people and seen enough. And this, and this scene, I think, really captures that, that she's able to look at this kid on the beach and have no reaction at all. And then back in the car, like, she sees the kid crying and, like, kind of connects the two. And it isn't long after that until, like, she's looking at women on the street and having these deeper observations about everything and understanding, like, how people are connected and how they work and, like, that they care it's uh it's all in service of something essentially so like that micro narrative finally has a payoff and i was able to appreciate it in that way yeah 
talk about the the transition from just her observing men to her starting to observe the child women there's that scene when she goes to the club and she's uncertain about what she's doing yeah and the group of women kind of adopt her <laughs> yeah <laughs> and bring her in and she hangs out with them and there's something to all of that and the escalation from where we start where she's looking at essentially the previous version of her that's not exactly her i know i think i saw people online being like was that scarlett johansson's previous body dead on the ground at the beginning and no but it looks uh, like her hmm. um it's a different actress yeah totally yeah um but she takes all of her clothes because you know they don't want to go get new clothes I guess. no they couldn't how could they yeah, uh, you know, aliens and the clothing. Um, <laughs> but that being the initial interaction she has of just this, I don't even think the other woman's dead because the tear runs out of her eye at one point. Yeah, she's she, just been like knocked out or something. Yeah, kind of in the process of decommission. Yeah. So... There, we don't know their shelf life, I guess. It, was it natural causes in this alien life? Uh, or did something happen to her? Did she also have this kind of moral malfunction or malfunction of purpose? And Seems like it. Like transcending that. So, there, But there's something about that initial confrontation of the woman looking down at her uh, counterpart and assuming her identity and how dehumanize that interaction is there's no interest in this woman there's no connection while we see the woman cry scarlett johansson has zero just going about her business so to see the a way in which she grows from that point especially in relation to the women around her and the connection that she shares it just makes me think back to that initial scene and I wonder if at any point she was thinking back to that other version of her. Or, yeah. Hmm. I, I really love that opening scene now and thinking about how, because it really connects that uh, disconnectedness that we see of Scarlett Johansson in the beginning with the motorcycle man and how he's he runs to get this woman because she too has had uh she's realized what humanity is like all the beauty of humanity and she has abandoned whatever these aliens missions are which is just to collect humans and I, we're never given any information of what they're doing they're just collecting humans and taking their bodies and taking their blood and doing whatever they're doing with them but this woman at some point can't do it anymore so the motorcycle man goes to get her brings her back and Scarlett Johansson, she has no emotional reaction to this woman because she's not human. She she's just been created at the beginning of the movie. That's what we're seeing with the the eyeball and the the circles and everything. Like it's the creation of her body. Um, I didn't. I don't know if I had never noticed it before, but I just had never taken note of it before. But at the beginning, you just hear a bunch of words being repeated over and over. Yeah, it's literally her just like forming a vocabulary. I assume. Yeah, learning learning language, learning to talk, which gets back to what you're saying about her being <laughs> a baby. A baby. <laughs> and yeah. And so like from that moment on, the motorcycle man represents 
this pressure to not think don't observe humanity in that way like don't form any sort of emotional connection make sure you stay committed to the whatever our alien race's mission is which explains why that moment when he goes up to Scarlett Johansson like observes her and like looks inside her eye he's looking for something he's looking for something deeper going on in her that they have already observed about the other woman uh, and whatever glitch she had that made her like love humanity. They're making sure Scarlett Johansson's not going down that path. And it isn't long after that that Scarlett Johansson does. She looks in the mirror and looks into her own eye and sees that like she just has this moment of realizing like, oh my God, what am I doing to these men? Like this is so cruel. This is not what humans do. I want to be human. Like I, I love humanity now. Um, so I, I love that the motorcycle man represents that like it's something bigger than just uh character work it's not just like the alien race like he represents something that again i connect with this pressure to not be that way like all of the things that go on in the world that try to make you be emotionally detached from humanity to not realize its beauty um i just like that this time he wasn't just Again, I, di I didn't think much of his character, I guess. It just seemed like an artsy, nihilistic character or something. Uh, but this time, I, I, I see it. I see him as somebody who's pressuring you to not be optimistic, to see positivity, all that. Yeah, it's this kind of uh, chaining of the psyche or the, the inhibitor, right? Yeah, right almost that that voice where you feel inspired i want to go do this and that voice that comes into the back of your head and is like don't do that mm -hmm. you should be lazy you should not <laughs> trust this person you should uh, just that controlling element that we often allow a, like allow to limit us you could see the motorcycle man as being that thing that's trying to just it kind of keep us in place or keep us uh from kind of growing in that way yeah it strikes me as just cynicism where uh, i think the beauty of this movie is that you know as you observed she's cruel to people in the beginning but then learns to be nice but by the end somebody's being very cruel to her and she gets this full picture of what humanity is and i think that's important to have a full understanding of the way the world is it, you know in order to fully understand humanity and to help it progress and move forward um, to really realize the beauty of humanity you have to realize all parts of it because humanity is messy and there are bad people out there um, and so I think the motorcycle man represents this kind of cynicism where like no like you don't need to notice any of the good stuff like we're here to take what's ours and that's it yeah um, so yeah I I almost feel like you could look at the entire movie as each person represents just a different aspect of humanity, which mm -hmm. kind of goes back to the idea of under the skin, right? It's talking specifically about what's under her skin. The fact that it's at the end of the movie, we see it's this all black humanoid looking thing. That's not human at all, despite how she looks. But what matters is kind of, not what's physically under the skin, but within us, the emotional range, the humanity that she actually displays. Um, but you could kind of extrapolate it to if she's the growing idea of consciousness in a person and all these other people are the 
the different kind of emotional range that we have with the motorcycle man being cynicism, the the awful tree guy, (laughs) logger guy at the end being this kind of like brutal version of ourselves. You just kind of see all these different facets of humanity from all the different characters in the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's like all of it kind of adds up to this idea of what humanity is, who we can be, the way in which we can be kind, the way in which we can be cruel, the way in which we can be progressive, uh, conservative, like all the, that whole range of being, which is a very bold thing to take on. Totally. Um, The fact that it, under the skin manages to do it in a relatively short runtime of 108 minutes compared to something much larger, like the tree of life um, (laughs) that I think kind of get at not too different. I would agree. Yeah. um, Concepts about kind of the beauty and the darkness of life and being Um, kudos to under the skin for being able to. Yeah. Into all of that. I agree. It's refreshing. Like, uh, it's, that's why in a lot of ways I really felt a connection with this movie because I'm used to movies doing something so different so different, and I've been very comfortable with movies doing it in a different way. Like everything you just described, all the different facets of humanity. I mean, that's usually done with an array of characters that are fully colored and come to be and like we understand and like that is certainly a way to a pulp, approach a movie. Like, I don't know, I, Pulp Fiction's on my mind right now. So like, that is just jumping off the top of my head. Like all the different people in that movie and all the different things they're going through. It's such a, all together, it's this collection, this collective observation of humanity and the different ticks and rhythms people go through and the way people can be. Uh, but under the skin, like it's not like that. You don't learn a ton about each of the people that come in and out of Scarlett Johansson's life. They are more like tests for her. They're just these little snippets of information and observation he gets about humanity. And they spell, in the end, they spell something much larger. So it's this very quiet and methodical approach to the same idea a lot of movies have. Um, But done in a way that's... Like, I just really felt the power of it this time. Like, it's a movie can be slow. A lot of movies are slow and... uh, in this way but they can be they can be boring they can be tepid they can be like just kind of banal i guess uh, but this like there's enough touches throughout like i'm thinking about you know the ant that's crawling on her finger yeah. or the moment of looking in the mirror um or touching the guy's hand in the van like there's enough connective material in there whether it's thematic or whether it's like purely humane just like characters connecting that helps all that come together in a way that i i just really felt this time yeah it's it can be incredibly emotional especially when she makes that choice to save the guy in the van uh, that Mm -hmm. she um save him from the the tar world or whatever Uh, even though she doesn't yeah, he gets got he by gets the motorcycle caught. man, <laughs> which is a shame. She thinks she's done this like nice thing and saved this guy, and 
she did but in reality the motorcycle man just comes and gets him which is one of the crueler yeah moments of this movie. which I, I still want to talk about but yeah yeah um i just throws him in the trunk of the car ah the motorcycle man <laughs> terrifying <laughs> um <laughs> we do have that one flash um so i think just two quiet moments before jumping into i guess yeah. uh motorcycle man and the ending yeah i really like how it displays some of the the kindness or like positivity or genuine nature of some of the guys that she abducts early on like they're not being overly cruel they're like some movies might make the guys out to be a little more sinister or like they deserve yeah. what's happening the guy being like hey baby what's going on like, get in the van but instead they're all just like oh you lost you need directions okay like, oh, I'll take a ride. Okay. Even and the guy so, in the club is just like, I mean, he's like, I would never want to hit off that guy, but like, he's ultimately <laughs> just, he's just a player. Like, he's just like looking to hook up. Like, it's not like he's a bad person. No. And they give some of the, I'm thinking of the one, the one kid that puts his, I forget what they call it, like the, the football colors. He hangs about of the, yeah. the window since it's after the game and he's kind of flirting with her, but he's just kind of, happy he's sitting in the passenger seat he's just smiling uh, pleased with the game pleased with life not really a concern in the world and there's something very positive about how it portrays some of these guys that makes their demise tragic and makes what she's doing to them tragic but also when you're looking at just the way in which it's act the movie itself is actually so positive towards people Mm-hmm. there's something kind of lovely when you ignore all of the <laughs> the negativity yeah. that comes through through her character and like the journey that she's going on but just the way in which it's capturing some people but you have that and then you have that one moment of foreshadowing the negativity when she's parked and those kids swarm her car and she really has no idea what's going on or the right. danger that she's in in that moment and finally kind of gets it and drives away. But I, I really like that they add just that touch of foreshadowing in there that there are these darker elements, these seedier elements. Um, those kids kind of foreshadow the logger. The the scene where the kids all jump, start jumping on her car, it's right after she has that, that moment where there's like a wash of people all around her and she's looking at all of humanity and everything going on. It, you almost wonder if she's having a moment where she's ready to abandon her mission and like stop doing this to people. And then something really negative happens to her. And you're right that she doesn't quite understand what's going on, but you can see how that would then balance out the other observation she had about humanity. Like it almost like counters it and it's like, Oh wait, no, like stay focused. Like it just kind of reorients her in a way. Uh, but then the next scene she meets the disfigured man and that's really so she's already like kind of on the the line right there she doesn't know what to think about humanity and then she has this genuine connection with somebody and that's the tip that's the tipping point and then she she runs for it and we have that section of her trying to be normal and how sad that is <laughs> i loved it though i really again it's a, a, it was a charming. scene I, that whole part like i found kind of 
boring before and was like okay i get it like i i just understood what was happening and didn't find a lot of just not a lot to chew on there but this time because i connected with the character a lot more i really felt her in those moments and just how painful and tragic it <laughs> must be how difficult it is just to become a, a um aware of the world and like become human and she just wants to eat a piece of cake to feel alive and feel normal and she can't eat the cake yeah terrible <sighs> she wants to she wants to hook up with somebody and realizes she doesn't have she's like a, a barbie yeah not having functional parts and how horrendous that is for her mm. so feeling so which is there's a bit of irony since she's so upheld for her beauty uh and what's like her actual skin in a way to yeah frame it that way and then to realize that this thing that all these people were admiring her for is actually kind of useless to her mm -hmm. in a way there's an interesting tension there but uh, the the logger yeah and I, I love everything you said about it. Like, I think that's a great observation of this character and what he represents to her. And he's kind of like the final piece of the puzzle. Like, no matter everything she's seen, like all the beauty she's seen mixed with like this tragedy of not being able to become human and be part of it. And then to experience like, do you even want to be part of it? Like when guys like this exist, it really gives a full rounded picture of humanity. It's it's very well done. There's also something that's just kind of occurring to me about the fact that a lot of the men she was picking up were not like totally outcast. It's not like they right. were abandoned by society, but it seems like a number of them were a little more on their own. Right. She would ask them, you know, do you have a family? Do you have somebody to connect to? She's kind of targeting loners. And we don't necessarily understand a lot of their circumstances of what caused them to be where they are to fall mm -hmm. into her clutches. Maybe the, the disfigured man is the one that's the most obvious or the one, the guy on the beach who's just kind of homeless and living on the beach. Um, but she's gone through a series of events that have caused her to be isolated from humanity. So before she felt very connected to humanity she was in the the city she was part of the throng of people and it was a very weird life but she was kind of safe in that world and after she goes through these series of things that make her feel disconnected isolated alone she's literally alone in the forest and this logger takes advantage of her right so there's something to be said about like what this movie is kind of saying about being part of society versus the way in which we isolate ourselves or feel isolated or society can run us out and the tragedy that can befall us when that happens and the people that take advantage of that. He asks very similar probing questions to the one that she asks her victims. Yeah, right. Uh, which makes it all the more terrifying because when we see him, we don't think much of it the first time. Yeah. And we're a little more aware of her asking questions because we see her creation and know something's going on. But when he's doing the same thing, it really does seem kind of harmless at first. Ugh. 
Yeah. Uh, which I guess brings us to the end and, you know, the end, it's a cool looking shot. And like for the character, I think it's a good ending where she is attacked by this man and he realizes that she's this other, she's this alien being. There's something just despicable about whatever this is. And I need to burn it. And she burns alive in the woods. Um, I mean, I am thinking about like thinking about the baby scene. There's this moment where like, the baby's there and then like the baby's just lost and gone. Probably. Um, you think about the disfigured man. You think he's going to get away. No, he's captured thrown in the back of the car. And Scarlett Johansson's character isn't even allowed to have what she wanted. She's not allowed to become part of humanity because she is just this other being. People won't accept her. And in the end, they're going to burn her because they're just scared of whatever she is. And the ending is just her burning. As much as I really want to love this movie, like part of me can't connect with it because like all that feels so nihilistic in a way that like, being nihilistic is fine but like i kind of wonder what the point is um and i think you sort of alluded to the point just there that um if you aren't able to realize the beauty of humanity if you aren't able to assimilate yourself into it if you can't become part of society if you ultimately choose to be a loner like life is tough and you might as well be just like left to burn in the woods like Maybe that's the point, but if that's the point, like, I feel like it loses me a little bit. Like, I wish there was something more profound and real there. Yeah, that's that's a very bleak. That is a bleak uh, statement on it. I don't know if it would be so because there are people that are loners and fine in the movie. Mm-hmm. That I don't know if it if it would be so black and white as that at the end, but right. there is something to that, that idea of not just this guy's intolerance, but specifically like how men treat women, like predation of men and women, which we can even attach back to the motorcycle man and the way in which he's kind of controlling mm-hmm. uh, Scarlett Johansson. There's, a deep vein of the dynamics between men and women in this movie um, that we see from the pressure he's putting on her, the way in which she takes advantage of these other men. And then the way in which this guy at the end attacks her. That's very reminds me of the movie fat girl and the end of fat girl, which you have this movie that's so much about, femininity and these sisters and their mother and the the dynamics that they have with men in a very for the sisters like a teenage way of loss of innocence and coming of age but then that ramps up from the teenage version of that with uh, like your emotions and body to the adult version at the end which i don't even want to ruin the end of that movie but there's something like so intense that happens that I feel like this is kind of going in that direction a bit, capturing that. And also this guy kind of embodying the intolerance of humanity. We've seen so much of the beauty in the way in which people have been kind to one another, even the the guy that helps her on the bus. And even when things don't work with them physically, it's not like he kicks her out of the house, right? 
mm-hmm. she kind of runs away. Right. It seems. Um, so there's something about the way in which she felt isolated and alone, but that this guy kind of embodies not just the way in which men negatively and severely treat women, um, but also the intolerance that people have for the other, whether that's, you know, people that look different than you, people from different countries, especially in 2023, the way in which we're seeing the intolerance of people right. is, I feel like this guy just kind of embodies all of that. So there's something about her coming face to face with the embodiment of this very toxic portion of humanity and not necessarily surviving that encounter that's sad, that's brutal. We see the way in which she was like flourishing and trying to do better and you have this force that destroys and limits her. I think you can maybe start to make some kind of case about it kind of being a more philosophical ending about some of the forces in the world. There's something too to the idea of like her becoming smoke and returning into the world or becoming part of the world. Like if you want to take it to a spiritual. I like that. Place. That's a good observation. Yeah. There's something which I think maybe the novel hints at that as well. The end hmm. of the novel. Um, so it's like the burning can be seen more as like a spiritual transcending yeah. the flesh uh, kind of thing, even though it's in this cruel way, kind of like the end of Pan's Labyrinth where Fiona, is it Fiona? Um, sure. Dies at the end, but there's the fairy tale ending where her death is actually the thing that sends her back to the kingdom that she wanted to go to. If you want to see like the glass half full. Sure. Um, so you can maybe make an argument in that direction. Hmm. I mean, I like that. Maybe I'll just choose to look at the movie that way. I'm sitting here looking at uh, Jonathan Glazer's filmography, which as we said, is only four movies, but he's directed a bunch of music videos and the bands he directs music videos for are like sad, depressing bands, <laughs> massive attack, Radiohead, Nick Cave, who like exclusively sings about death. Um, not that uh, that means anything, but I, it does make me think like it doesn't necessarily mean just because that seems to be a tone of this guy's career, of Jonathan Glazer's career, that there's a bit of grimness to everything and there's an awareness of death. It doesn't necessarily mean the ending is nihilistic and that that doesn't leave much hope like i really like what you said that it's a bit of a spiritual rebirth that this body that she existed in is burned and that she can kind of float up into the ether because she's not ultimately she's not a human she is as you said like the embodiment of consciousness and she could just be symbolic of human consciousness as a whole and the observation, like the grand observation we can make about everybody. It, the only way to transcend and reach this higher sense of understanding 
um and i guess ultimately just catharsis like human catharsis uh, about what it is to to be human i could see that being the case actually that she, that after everything she's seen like she she finally has a full understanding of what humanity is and is ready to like to burn to float up into the atmosphere and just kind of be part of up there <laughs> like what exists above humanity and and what's floating around all of us and she ultimately becomes this this representation of of everything i guess you could even go with the the notion i'm not saying this is the should be a primary reading but there is an argument for a reading of the fact that a lot of movies of like self-discovery end with this final like self-confrontation and the fact that she started off in such a she was the monster at the beginning that was preying upon people so the fact that it's the exact kind of person she was preying on that's now confronting her at the end almost mm. makes it feel like a um, comeuppance kind of way or like the the existential uh, confrontation with like your own yeah. sins. Sure. And the fact that it results in her having that moment where she actually has her face in her hands <sighs> and you get the confrontation that's like the mirror scene where she was looking yeah. in the mirror before and seeing her own face. And now it's her actual like skinless body looking at the human face. And you get this confrontation between the two halves of her, the half that was like constructed in the initial intent of what she did, which was this predator versus the human aspect that came to be that are looking at each other and that they burn together there's some like kind of ego death argument, some kind of transcendence, uh, spiritual way of framing that that goes beyond just this man attacked her and she dies. Um, yeah. I don't know how much stock people like somebody wants to put into that, but if you want to run with it in that way, I think there's like a very strong argument that can be made for this being. Uh a little bit more spiritual in that way that works for me you know at the end of the last episode chris i told you i don't like under the skin and the third watch isn't going to help and you said i'm going to convince you to like it and i laughed at you <laughs> i think you just did it i think that helps it that makes everything connect to me like i know that's kind of a head in the clouds reading of it but this is to me kind of a head in the clouds movie like yeah. it is a very broad look at you like that that is not difficult that is not easy to do. I think this kind of movie to be this philosophical, uh, but all the pieces line up to me that that all kind of makes sense. I'm happy to hear that. With that said, the last scene with the motorcycle guy being way in like bumfuck <laughs> the Alps. Yeah. I have no idea how to. He's just looking for. Her. That's such a bizarre way to end it because it doesn't feel like he's even close in a little bit. Like, I think it's I great. I, I, like everything you've said, like that he represents cynicism or he just represents this negativity, like trying to press you to be a certain way. Like he ultimately doesn't find her. She, she goes off in her own way and like kind of 
goes to live on in a way that like he didn't kill her like her body burned you know there is something to be said because we know that his job at that point is to collect her to put her back into like the cycle of the alien form like they Mm -hmm. might salvage her parts they might salvage the clothing whatever we saw him do with the previous body the way he gave it to scarlett johansson to declothe and who knows what happened after the fact that she escapes that fate and he's just kind of left off elsewhere in this other world there is something to be said about that yeah okay okay here we go i wish i had known all this 10 years ago (laughs) it took us a while to get there (laughs) it took us a while to get there but it's funny because for a few years people would be like oh i love under the skin i'd be like oh that's a stupid (laughs) yeah like how could you love that movie so boring and i'm like oh yeah i also love under the skin (laughs) (laughs) um okay so i guess at this point it has a pretty good reputation it's still one of the most popular uh pages on our site people are still wondering about this movie it's on hbo max so i i'm guessing a lot more people are reaching it or max sorry yeah oh yeah it's just max now who gives a shit it's hbo max in my mind yeah it's like calling it max just seems like a nephew that you don't really know that well. <laughs> well yeah, I have a cousin. Yeah, it feels I, like that now, I guess. Name Max. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so where does this rank for oh, you? Rankings. Um, okay, that last discussion, I, I, I was, like I said, it was on the edge to me. I had it in the like 220-ish region, I think, but that helps me like it more and i think i'm ready to move it up i'm thinking like i got it up here i'm just looking through my list i think i have it in like the 170th region for me of out of uh 380 movies that uh sorry we didn't explain again (laughs) oh yeah we have uh we have movie rankings on our site and basically just ranking every single movie we've watched since 2022 uh, so I have 380 movies and for it to be up at 170 that, that to me I mean I've watched a lot of I've watched a lot of good movies and this was a movie I didn't even like before so in my mind that's pretty high up for that <laughs> yeah it's top 50 percent uh, it's top 30 percent probably nice yeah I uh that's good I'm glad it, I'm glad it got up there where would it have gone had you ranked it before this rewatch? It would have been down the, the 330-ish region. Whew. So it like okay. doubled. Yeah. <laughs> I I have it. I'm wondering if I should move it up or not. I think I'm kind of happy with where it is. I have it out of 100 and... Uh, what is it? 111 movies. I have it right now at number 15. It's above scream six but just below fire of love okay so that's uh i didn't expect it to be that high though i also haven't watched like a ton of my favorite movies so yeah 15 is high for now but it's definitely going to <laughs> fall that is years. one thing to know about violence if you think that's really low is like i often rewatch my favorite movies so I mean, it just had, there's no way it could compete with a lot of these. 
Yeah. I think I've watched one in my top 20. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched several. (laughs) But yeah, uh, having it at number 15, like in the amazing category for me, um, which is the second highest category. Nice. Okay. Wow. This was a very enjoyable episode for me to partake upon. Good. I'm glad. What's next? Oh, gosh. We never talked about what was next. (laughs) No. Usually you'd think we would, like, prep by knowing what's next. Um, Well, let's look at at the top articles on our site this year. Yeah. We got On the Skin, Prisoners, Evangelion is one that's just been trending recently. Mad God. Oh, Mad God. Um, Chunking Express still does. (laughs) well uh i wouldn't mind doing chunking express i've never watched it you've never seen it wait no i've seen chunking okay i was saying i thought we talked about yeah 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 no i was thinking something else yeah no i've seen chunking express i love chunking express i do too i mean i wouldn't mind doing a movie i love okay (laughs) tentatively let's do that okay it could be that or vanilla sky Oh, yeah, Vanilla Sky's up there. <laughs> All right, you let me know okay. later in the week. We'll surprise the audience. Yeah. Yeah, surprise. Okay. All right, Chris has to go to the vet. Yeah, I have my annual checkup. <laughs> okay, but until next time. Oh, I don't have, we don't have a sign-off phrase. Yeah, Bye. we don't have a sign-off. Just <laughs> lights out. I don't know. Bye. Got a big question to ask anything. Do you want to do anything? Yeah. Baby, do a thing with me. It means so good. Come on and do a thing with me. At Merrill West Credit Union, we're working towards a brighter financial future for both our members and our community, knowing that when you succeed, we all succeed. That starts with a solid financial foundation. As a credit union, we have no stockholders demanding profits. Our commitment is to our members. Experience the difference with our Money Market Max Bonus Promotion, offering a cash incentive for letting us protect and grow your money. Merrill West Credit Union, working for you. Today, tomorrow, together. Merrill West Credit Union is insured by NCUA.